It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The Michael K Show. Why not just fire him? If you try to get him to resign, what if he didn't? Still under contract for another year. What if he decided to stick? Because if you think he's that good that he's going to help Philadelphia or that he's going to help Washington or somebody else in the division, then try to make it work. If he's so good that I'm afraid he's going to go to my competitor, don't I have to figure out some way to make this work? Coaches don't have to like each other. But if he's wearing on you, if there's an issue with him and he's gone rogue on you and disrespected you, Michael, then I think that's a fireable offense. And I think even John Mar- would agree with that. So you really think that if things were that bad, you're going to get all caught up in, oh, but I don't want him going someplace. Let's force him to resign. To me, that just comes across as real weak. The Michael K Show on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome back to the show. Yeah. As promised, let's talk some Marcus Stroman. When it first became apparent that Stroman had, or his representatives had related to the Yankees that he was interested in, in talking with them, the first report was the Yankees did not reciprocate that interest. Then Bob Nightingale yesterday from USA Today wrote Bob! that the Yankees do indeed have interest in Stroman. Then John Morosi of MLB Network said that they are moving closer to maybe coming to an agreement. I'm really, really surprised. Now, listen, in this business, you have to hold your nose. We know the problems that Domingo Herman had. We know the problems that Chapman had. We get it. And as I always say, talent is the great deodorant. But at this point in his career, is there enough there for Marcus for you to forget everything that he has said about you, Brian Cashman, and the organization? Because he finished the season unable to pitch with the Cubs. Uh, In his last six to ten starts, I think he had an ERA of about six. He has the highest ERA at Yankee Stadium in his starts than of any other place that he's pitched a significant amount of games. I believe he's 32 years old. He is a social media um, constant. And he happens to be very smart. Because once he proclaimed how he would like to go to the Yankees, you know what he did? He scrubbed all the mentions of the Yankees and all the terrible things he said about the team and the fan base and Brian Cash. It's now off of his his Twitter feed. (whistles) Clever, right? But people do have memories. I mean, he has blocked, I'd say, half of Yankee Twitter. So this is the Yankee fan base. We ran a poll the other day, a quick poll. Got 3,000 votes. 73% of the people say they want no part of the guy. The fact that the Yankees, this is just me guessing right now, are even thinking about fishing in this pond has to be related to an air of desperation. Mm -hmm. They didn't get Yamamoto. They know they need at least two starters. The price on Snell and the price on Montgomery is going to be sky high. If you're going to get Burns, you're going to have to give up a lot more draft capital 
not not draft picks because you can't trade them, but stuff in your minor leagues. And you already gave up a lot to get Soto. So any trade you make for a pitcher that's going to be able to help you, you're going to have to give up more of what's in your system. Now, there's one other thing that I, I'm thinking that maybe it's this because I find it so hard to wrap my mind around the fact that these two people, these two sides, will will actually form a union. I, I, I can't wrap my mind around it. Maybe the Yankees are putting it out there that they have interest in them so that teams that are negotiating with them or free agents that are negotiating with them might feel some sort of urgency. Okay, let's bring the price down to something a little bit more reasonable to make this deal before they bring in Stroman and then they won't need my guy. Maybe that's it. But maybe desperation is driving them into the arms of Marcus Stroman. And I don't think it's going to be pretty because there are times when this guy is, he's a stud. He's a warrior. And here's a one positive thing. And he denied it. Ripped me on social media about it. When he got traded from Toronto, somebody that was in that clubhouse told me that he went absolutely ballistic, screaming, because they traded him to the Mets and not the Yankees because he wanted to pitch for the Yankees. And then Brian Cashman, who never, ever met a question that he doesn't answer. I give him credit. Not like Joe Douglas. Brian Cashman is always available. Sometimes he gets himself into trouble. Said, we didn't have interest in Stroman because he wouldn't have been an impact pitcher for us. And that set Stroman off. And then Stroman went after Cashman, went after the Yankees all these years now. And now, kumbaya, they both have interest in each other. I, I'm I'm kind of a little flabbergasted, Donnie. I really am. Well, well let's, let's take each thing as, as, as you brought up. All right, why would they want to get this guy that's kind of nozzly? All right, well, if you think he can help you, they obviously got over what happened with Araldus Chapman and, and traded for him, despite his domestic violence history. And Domingo Herman is still here and did it while he was a Yankee. And Domingo Herman, you know, has turned out to be a really good pitcher. They didn't 100% know he would be, and they still held on to him. And so all the things that might be nozzly about Stroman, we don't see any kind of criminal activity. So if you can live with Chapman, you can live with um, Herman, then why not Stroman? If he could help you win, then he's got a chance. He wanted to be here. And you're, you're trying to do what you think is best for your team. So let's not make as, mo- as much as a pain in the neck he can be. He's not a criminal. He's a pain, but he's not a criminal. No, not a bad guy so in terms if, of like if, legal If you stuff. traded for Chapman and you kept Domingo Herman, I don't see any relate. The reason was because they thought you know Chapman. They thought Chapman can help him. They thought Domingo Herman was going to be a really good pitcher. If they think Stroman, who also but had the Herman 30, thing happened after though, no. Yeah, but it, it happened once with them too, and then finally remember the, the incident at, at, a, at a Yankee at the Yankee event. But, that, but what I'm saying is, did he have a known thing before signing? No, but they could have let no, him go. No, but they kept him. They kept him. But there's a difference between staying in business with someone and getting in business with someone. Well, but he's still... Well, they got into business with Chapman. Th- well, they that traded Chap- for him. Chapman you know, would be the... Uh, they a traded for him and then re-signed him when he left as a free agent. So, And the only reason he's not a Yankee now because he was ineffective. And nothing to do with what happened you know, off the field. So and I'm not going to kill the Yankees for it because I think everybody you know, does what they think is best for them. So uh, Stroman has not been in that kind of uh, situation. And he, you think he can help you. 
And in 2001 with the Mets, Michael, he made 33 starts and had an earned average of 3.02. So I understand he doesn't pitch well at Yankee Stadium, but he pitched pretty well in New York. And if they and they they don't have a lot of options to help this rotation, it's a win now team because you don't know if you're going to be able to to bring Soto back. And if it's a move on the cheap, you can understand that too because they're going to need to rake as much cash as they can to try to make sure that they keep Soto as a Yankee beyond this year. So I, I'm I'm not mad at them if you don't think he's good enough to be a Yankee. That's a separate conversation. But all the off field stuff and you know the, the the way he's reacted, the way he had to scrub Twitter. You said it yourself, Michael. You never make decisions as an organization based on your fans' thoughts. So the fact that 70 percent of the fans on our poll didn't want him, that should not bother you if you're the Yankees. I don't think no no no. I don't think you acquire people because a fan base says go out and acquire him because they want everybody. But if a fan base has, a, 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 I mean, a really terrible relationship with this nah. guy, it's got to it's nah. got to come into play Listen, a little. It's apples and wrenches, I get it, but every Yankee fan hated Roger Clemens. They found a way to fall in love with him. They're going to love him or hate I, him based on how he performs. And you know what's going to happen, Michael? A little prediction here based on history. If he ends up being a nozzle with the Yankees and doing all the things he did with the Mets and the Cubs and all the things that just drive you crazy, if he's competing for the Cy Young, every Yankee fan will defend his behavior. Absolutely. And if he ends up being terrible and does it, then every Yankee fan's going to want him gone. Oh, it's or, all based on how he performs. Or if he's terrible and does nothing wrong, they'll still want him gone. <laughs> right. So, But I will tell you this. I mean, Again, I, I, I don't know Marcus. I really don't. I just know what I read and how he is on Twitter. But... If he gets booed at Yankee Stadium, he's not going to take it lightly. That's the part. To me, it's less... And he's a New Yorker, by the way, Peter. To me, it's less about how the fans feel about it and more just the Yankee way, right? Like, And I know that's kind of absurd when you, when you talk about what Don just talked about and these much more important issues, things that are much more meaningful than someone who's annoying on Twitter. So I recognize that relative to that, this is sort of nothing. But we've been having all these conversations about Aaron Rodgers, about Kyrie Irving, about people who just create conversations around your team that aren't about the game. That is very likely to happen with Stroman in the Bronx. It's happened basically everywhere, and he is so sensitive with a fan base that is so rough on you. I just, to me, it's just got mess written all over it. I wonder whether the juice is worth the squeeze. You know Michael much more than I do about how much gas he has left in the tank, and is it worth it considering I can basically all-out guarantee that him versus the fans and the media will be a recurring thing once he's here? It's going to be interesting. Uh, again, I'm uh, listen. I, I could care less that that he has said some awful things about me on social. I really couldn't care less. I really couldn't. But I'm just seeing the picture. All right. So he had a rib cage issue at the end with the Cubs. He had a great first half. I mean, a great, not good, great. He was tremendous the first half of the season. He opted out of the final year of the contract. So he had originally signed a three-year, seventy-one million dollar deal. Uh, he has never pitched well at Yankee Stadium, ever. Um, and I just wonder, he's 32 years old. This is a guy who four and a half years ago you said could not help you. He wasn't a difference huh. maker. Now he's four and a half, five years older, and you're ready to sign him to a long-term contract. I mean, I can almost justify more bringing back Jordan Montgomery, who you said couldn't make the playoff rotation 
and you traded him than bringing back yeah. a guy who five years ago you said couldn't help you yeah, when he was 27. Yeah, things change, though, Michael. Obviously, they need him more now than they needed back then. I guess. I guess that's it. And you know how important this season is for them. And, you know, this rotation does not look like it's championship caliber right now. I don't know if Stroman changes that. But there is potential there. It's probably not going to be for a ton of money, relatively speaking. Well, it's not I mean, be... he opted out of a twenty million dollar, um, a twenty one million dollar contract for next year. So it's got to be at least yeah. that. But the, I give the Yankees credit. Players seem to kind of find the straight and narrow when they're Yankees. I'm sure you'll have a conversation with him. There may be a zero tolerance to to some of his behavior. Why do I have a feeling that he will probably be less active on social media as a Yankee? I know you would think so. Really, because right? it really do. Is there anybody on the Yankees that has a major social media presence? Well, yeah, Clint Frazier did. Yeah, and, then, and look how that worked out. But on the current Yankees, Michael, even like the star players, I, 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 does, I think Judge has an account, but he hardly ever no, does he, anything. I mean, he does it for a use yeah. account for you know, no Rizzo. None of these guys, Cole. No, they don't post stuff about the no. world. Or and, the and why? Because I think the Yankees explain to them. He, there will be a conversation. You want to be a Yankee? Great. We want you to be a Yankee. But here's, we're not going to tolerate what you did with the Mets and what you did with the, with the um, Cubs. And you're a Yankee now. We're going to expect you to conduct yourself this way. And if you don't, then, then you're, going to be, you're going to be gone. I, I think you can have that conversation with him. As you said, it, hasn't, it didn't end well in Chicago, although he was an all-star. And well, it didn't end well because of injuries, not because right. he's a bad guy. No, it didn't, no, but and he's not a bad guy. No, well, that's just, what I mean. He just can't. It, there's not an opinion he can't. And make. I could spin. And a lot of it comes from a place he's highly competitive. He might be a little thin-skinned, but I think it comes from a place where he might come in here with a bit of a chip on his shoulder to prove everybody wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. And as long as it doesn't get out of hand, but I, I don't. I look at the Yankees organization as, as buttoned up enough where some of these things won't happen. Well, that's the way to root, but it does tell you the the desperate nature of their need for pitching that they would even yeah. consider Marcus Stroman. And I know it doesn't bother and it also you, Michael. Tells you, it also tells you there must not be that much of a market for Marcus for him to say he wants to play for the Yankees. Although he's always wanted to play for the Yankees, I'll give him that. Yes, and there's, that, there's always something to that as well. And I know you're taking the high road for what he did to you, but he, he does owe you an apology. Uh, that I mean, hold my no, breath. No, but I wouldn't expect yeah, you I, to ask for I, but it. I dare. But you know what? You're going to be around the team a lot, and and he, oh, he wouldn't do. It. I mean, he insinuated not, you were a racist. No, I, he, I think he pretty that, much said I was a racist yeah. because I've had a show 22 years and never had a black co-host. Like I hire my co-hosts because Peter's here. Shows I don't hire the co-host. That's a great point. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah, that, that's the drop the mic moment. But he probably doesn't know the whole the ins and outs of the show. Right, so history. if you don't know the ins and outs of the business, for, to, to drop that kind of it's, like, it's, well, like well, what, he, it's kind of like what Rogers yeah, did but to Kimmel. I mean, for, how could you call somebody for, a racist? For people that don't know, he didn't call you that. He found an article of somebody insinuating that and reposted it. Right. So, so he right, had wait, somebody wait, else do the work. Wait, 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 but you got to take further and the explanation. Right. He, had, he took issue with Michael being critical of him when people pointed out to him, this is this is how Strowman acts. This is and this is that that Duke behavior that I, I find so weak. When someone <laughs> pointed out to him on Twitter, look what this guy Michael K says about you. He then went and found an article that said something nasty about Michael and just reposted yeah. it. Yeah, he might not so, even have read it; just knew that it was negative. And th- so, like, and he and, and if there was that Aaron Rodgers moment on uh, McAfee with Strowman, he would tell you that. 
I didn't say that. I was, right. just, I was no. just reposting a negative article about him. I didn't, you know. But still, you don't like. He's a nozzle. Eleven starts at Yankee Stadium, where he'll be pitching half of his games. Two and six, six point oh six ERA. Um, allowed eight home runs in eleven starts. Allowed a three oh one batting average and a WHIP of one point six four. These are the things you have to look at, and yeah. he's 32. The, a lot of these starts when he was with the Blue Jays when he was a young stud. Right. But, you know, right-handed pitcher, short porch. You know, he pitched well in New York, Michael, in 2021. I don't think he's – he's not someone that can't handle New York. Like, the insinuation about not pitching well at Yankee Stadium is is that he can't handle the big crowd, he can't handle – he's from here. I don't think it's that. It just might no, not be. I don't be, think it's that. Maybe it's the stadium. You know, and eight, pitching against the Yankee batting yeah, order. You know, in eight games uh, as a road guy. I mean, he did win a couple of games. It's and, and and by the way, it's the worst of any stadium he's ever pitched in. So I, I I get that. And if you want to have a conversation that you don't want him because you don't think he's good enough to be in the rotation, that have at it. Uh, but we're having more of a conversation of you know his personality and also compared to what alternatives do you have, Michael? On the current roster and off, where does he fit in the pecking order? If you were to list the, the top 10 options for guys that could be oh, I mean, the on other, the, in this rotation. Well, here, here's the problem, Don. The other options are better, but they're much more expensive, either in draft capital or player capital yeah, or money. Well, that, but that that comes that, that that's part two. It's, it's I mean, what's would you rather best? have Jordan Montgomery? Right. Yes. You'd, you'd would you rather, rather have Blake Snell? Yes. yes. Would you rather have Corbin Burns? Yes. Right. But when you're, ana- you're, you're giving analysis... Um, what's best for the team, you know, finances do come into play. As much as Yankee fans will say finances shouldn't come into play and they should spend whatever, money shouldn't be an object, we know that it is. So they're going to factor that in for sure. So that moves him up the pecking order, doesn't it? How cheap he may be. And the Let- cheaper he is, the easier it is to get out of it if he does become a nonsense. Yeah, but th- this isn't going to be a bargain, Don. Again, he's going to have to make more than the $21 million or $23 million a year that he made with the Cubs. So it's not a bargain. It's just I just think that the prices for pitching has, have gone through the roof that no. you probably can't get Montgomery for less than twenty seven a year. Same, and you know, since Boris represents Snell and also represents Rodon, he's going to want more than the 160-something that Rodon got. So the Yankees know the price is there, and to get a guy like uh, you know Burns, it's going to take a lot of a lot of players to get him. Let's go to James in Hawthorne. What's up, James? Mm-hmm. Hi, James. Hey guys, thanks for taking the call. You got it. What's um, up? First, before I get to the point, I do have to say, Michael, if they do get Stroman, I think he definitely owes you an apology. Um, for a guy like me, under thirty, um, I know you're gonna you're not going to be objective about this. Um, you know, you'd probably be humble about it, but. You are the voice of the Yankees. Like, that's not me being a sycophant. That's just saying the truth. Like, for a guy, a young guy like me, I grew up listening to you. And, and John, you can't install. Thank you. Yeah, no, true. But even more so than John. Like, you know, most young kids are watching TV. You can't insult the Yankee commentator and, you know, not address that if you come to the team. Um, but I don't think he's coming to the team. I think that it's a ploy, like you said, to drive down prices because. Um, I just think Cashman's not going to take that. I think his ego's too big. Um, I think that's the same reason why they probably haven't even signed Montgomery. I don't think they want to, I don't think he wants to go back to, you know, in a word, his vomit and have to overpay for Montgomery. And I don't think they're going to get Strowman, personally. I think his ego is just not going to let it happen. James, uh, first of all, I thank you for the very lovely compliment. We appreciate your call. I, I don't think Brian's not the way you guys think. Does he have an ego? Everybody has an ego. It's whether how big the ego is. 
I mean, everybody in every walk of life has an ego. It's part of, you know, the, the soul. It's part of the body. You know, ego and id. I get it. But he will never, ever let that affect which, which players he goes after. I'm sorry. He wouldn't. If he thinks Stroman is the best option for the Yankees, you think he cares that Stroman has obliterated him in social media? He will not care. And I think they would go right back to Jordan Montgomery. But I think the price is too high. It's just too high. They're probably thinking, we traded this guy because we didn't think he could make the rotation for the playoffs that year. And now we're going to pay him $27 million. Maybe they will. Maybe they will. And, And for those that say it was a terrible deal, they don't make the ALCS two years ago without Harrison Bader. Sorry. He hit five home runs in the postseason. He got them past the Cleveland series. So if you look at it just in in terms of that one year, I don't know if they get past the Guardians with with Montgomery. They needed Bader. So is it going to the World Series? No, but it was going to the ALCS. They don't go there without Bader. They just don't. Peter and Edison. Peter. Hello. Hello, Peter. Um, How are you doing? Well, great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. So, basically, if Marcus Stroman, um, you know, I'm not a big fan of the guy. You know, he has, obviously, you know, a big social media presence. It's not – and he, he makes a lot of drama. But I'm, I'm looking at um, some of his stats, and, you know, he does have a close to almost 60% ground ball percentage. So, that's something that you look for in Yankee Stadium. Yep. But – it just comes down to the point with, is he a guy that's really going to help your team? And we know that his stats in Yankee Stadium hasn't been that great. And, you know, Don did say that he did pitch well with the Mets. But that was in a hitter's, uh, in a pitcher's park, you know. City Field's not exactly hitter-friendly. So I'm just trying to see, like, is this, a, is this really going to help the team overall? Well, I, I, thank you, Peter. I, I, I don't think it hurts it in terms of, they need pitching. So what pitching are you going to get? Is he better um, than Clark Schmidt? Yeah, he probably is. Is he more of a sure thing than Nestor and and uh, Rodon? Nestor's coming off a shoulder injury. Yeah. What, 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 how can you predict what he's going to be? Rodon was hurt for most of the first half of the season, finished terribly. I still think he's a good pitcher, and they're going to have a good year out of it at some point. But is he a sure thing? The only sure thing the Yankees have is Garrett Cole. So they've improved their offense tremendously by getting Soto, but you got to get outs. So maybe they're deciding, do we want to get a starting pitcher? Or do we want to improve the bullpen? Do we go after Josh Hader? Don't know. But right now, it's being reported by guys that are reputable in the industry that they seem to be moving closer. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, 
everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hey, buddy. Hey. Catch the show on demand wherever you want. Just subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Five o'clock hour. We're going to talk to Dan Orlovsky. So a lot of stuff to hit him about. Pete Carroll speaking right now. You know, gave thanks to, you know, what a great run that he had in Seattle. But we'll ask Dan about, you know, the coaching carousel and where people are going to end up. The Wink Martindale situation and... Um, you know, Pat McAfee, if you just tuned in, said that Aaron Rodgers will not be on the rest of the football season, which according to Andrew Marshan, he is contractually uh, signed to do, but they decided not to do because too much drama involved. And we're talking about whether the Yankees are really interested in, in Marcus Stroman or not. So let's go to GB and Merrick. GB. Gentlemen, always a pleasure. Thanks for all you do for New York and taking my call. I hope you guys are doing well. All good. Um, How about you? You know, Kate. Good, thank you. Uh, you know, Kay, you're so right on the money piece when it comes to pitchers. And what are we paying for? Five innings? Six innings? You know, we should be paying contracts for how many innings. We should be looking at how many pitches. We should be looking at how many games some of these guys are playing. When I get off the phone, like, give me the next three guys that really pitch besides Cole complete games eight nine innings i do think rodan could be that guy if he's healthy Mm -hmm. but across the league it's astronomical the money we're giving guys we're you're a great pitcher if you did five innings with no hits or five innings with run run now um and it's confusing to me it really is wow we we talked about it a lot and it's these organizations that are doing it they can't wait to pull these pitchers out after the third time through yeah for every garrett cole what michael three or four other pitchers in your rotation they can't wait to get to the bullpen, especially if the bullpen is good. So I don't even fault the pitchers. They're bred this way within the organizations, and the managers can't wait to get them out. Yeah, they've got the stats that show. They, I mean, they clearly show that third time so, through the order, pitchers don't pitch that well. But I, I, my argument is, on a certain day, a pitcher could have it. Like when when Snell was pitching in the World Series, right? You took him out, and he, he was pitching. What was he pitching? A no hitter. You took him out. I, I don't. I don't get it. And so, I yeah, also, those numbers apply, but they're not 100% accurate. It doesn't happen every single time. It's weird. And that's, uh, I mean, Garrett Cole makes $36 million mm-hmm. a year. And in, in today's present climate, I'm going to tell you a, a secret. Here we go. Bargain. I don't he know. takes the ball every five days. He, he gives you seven innings at least every five days. But, saves the bullpen every five days. There aren't a lot of pitchers that like I know. that exist anymore. I know, but it's still weird that he makes as much money or close to as much money as Aaron Judge, because you're only impacting one every five games. Yeah, but you every, impact other games by giving them length. I, the I, I guess, but it, uh, the money that uh, you can you can make. The, you're also talking about one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball. But some of the money, $27 million for for uh, Jordan Montgomery. Come on, man. Oh, we get, we're getting out of our minds here. Don't you think? Well, I mean, you give the kid Yamamoto all that money. No, but that too. He's a game in the big well, leagues. No, but, but that too. I mean, I, I think overall, you know, for every, every couple of pitchers where you're like, he's worth every penny, I'm sure the Yankees are not regretting the contract they gave Cole right now. The, the overwhelming majority of pitchers are way overpaid, and in most of the organizations regret they give them that money. They always get hurt. 
They impact one out of every five games. And, and the way the analytics tell you is you're hot to go to the bullpen and take him out. Where at the end of the game, you find out that you know it didn't matter that he started because the bullpen blew it. Or the offense ended up scoring enough runs, you would have won the game no matter who started anyway. Like, How many games are you really impacting to deserve more money than anybody else on the team? It's, 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 it's a weird. strange dichotomy because, as you said, they're breeding pitchers to pitch five innings. But they're paying them as right. if they're Bob Gibson, getting yeah. 28 complete games. You're not getting complete and, games. And yet, every single time in recent memory the Yankees have been eliminated from the playoffs, it's been because of the fact they didn't get enough hits right. and enough runs. Let's go to Steve and Merrick. How you doing, guys? Good. How are you, Steve? How you doing, Steve? Good. So I want to paint a little uh, scenario for you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's opening day, Yankee Stadium. The place is packed. Uh, Stroman hasn't yet thrown a pitch in a game. He's lined up down the line with the rest of the team. And they call out his name on the on the public address. And, um, you know, I'm curious what the reaction is because the fan base knows, you know, his history and the negative history. I think it's, it starts a snowball rolling down the hill. And I don't know that you can ever stop it after mm. that. What do you think? Well, Steve, I think that they will cheer him right away. Uh, I, I think they'll boo him at the first sign of, of yeah. ineffectiveness. Like but any other he, but, but He's also a New York kid. Yeah, he's a New York kid. and also Long he, Island. He went after the Yankees organization. He wants to play for the Yankees. That's always a plus for New York fans, that, they wanna, that, that the player wants to play for them. If he has a good spring... He does all the right things being a Yankee. And remember, he went after an organization that a lot of Yankee fans aren't in love with to begin with. I agree with you. I think he's going to get cheered. It'll be a very short leash, but it's like that for every free agent. I know I I already said this. I'm telling you, this thing is not about the fact that he said things about the Yankees before. That was out of bitterness because of how much he wanted to be a Yankee. Yankee fans will almost appreciate that. The problem is not the immediate reception. Some will complain, especially people who listen to our show who have heard us kind of talk about him before. By and large, everyone will be fine. The issue will be how he reacts when things don't go his way and he starts to hear the chirping. It's not to me at all about what the reaction is now. If he shows up next year and he's solid he's got an ERA of, of three and he and he wins 13 games and everyone's I'll happy I'll be great everyone be great it's only if starts going poorly he starts hearing the boo birds then what does he do on social media later and does that completely devolve and and the first I mean the New York media is not as tough as it used to be or as it's portrayed okay uh, it's about as nice as I could put it but there are still some old-time guys. If he struggles, and the first time Joel Sherman writes a column, because Joel just says it like it isn't caring, he'll be in the he'll be in the clubhouse the next day. If you have something to say to him, go for it. That will be an interesting interaction. How will he be reacting to Joel's column in the back of the New York Post, ripping him if he's not pitching well? How will he react? And the way the relationship is with the media and the fans, Michael, it might embolden the fans to cheer for him even louder. You know, who knows? Here's one thing about New York. They're kind of hip to this kind of stuff that if everybody thinks that they're going to boo him, they'll cheer him. Like and remember, it's usually a younger audience that boos or cheers, Michael. Mm-hmm. They might dig him. 
fact that if he if he comes here and says, oh, man, I always wanted to be a Yankee, and he has a really good spring, they won't think about all the other stuff. I'm with you. It's all about how he goes out there and performs. But certain guys get, you know, just get get a pass here. And if he just, for whatever reason, is endearing to the fans in some way, shape, or form, do you think, you know, who are they going to side with, him or Joel Sherman, or him or or you and me going after him? You know how the fans feel about the media. They'll only side with him if he pitches well. Right. They they will get behind him if he pitches well, no matter what. And if he pitches well, then he's not going to be criticized by Joel Sherman or us. Right. But but I'm but I'm saying but if he gets criticized for maybe being a little nozzly on Twitter, and there's an article or we say something or we, hey that's a bad job out of him, the fans will all come to his rescue and support him if he's pitching well, and then we're the bad guys. So his relationship with the media, Michael, as long as he's pitching well, even if it's a bad relationship because he's being maybe nozzly or whatever, the fans will still get behind him because he's pitching well and defend him. Robert in Indiana. In Indiana. Hey, guys. What's going on? Hey, I was just thinking about it. You know, Stroman, uh, he, he, he's gonna, we're going to have to have guys like that uh, to win. Scott Soto, I mean, you're, oh, no. you're not behind these model where you're building from within. Uh, you're you're doing where uh, you're went down. you you got to have guys like this. We can't limit our playing your line is terrible, Robert. You're going to have to call back on a hard line. But I, I get what you're saying. But you, you can't say there's nothing out there. There are other free agent pitchers out there. If they if they get Stroman, it's probably because they're desperate to get a pitcher in this price range. And they, 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 they might think that what Jordan Montgomery or Blake Snell will command is an overpay. And that's their right to think it's an overpay. That's their right. But you can't drop down to a certain level of financial commitment if the guy's not good enough. Now, Marcus Stroman's lifetime ERA went around 3.7, which is not bad. The velocity on his sinker, which is his money pitch because he keeps the ball on the ground, has been going down over the years because he's 32 years old. If he can pitch, I agree with Don. They'll hold their nose. They'll go through the fact that he's he's blocked half of Yankee Nation. He he's taken on the Yankees and completely ripped them since they didn't get him in 2019. He uh, he's obliterated Cashman every chance that he could get in a really mocking tone. Seems like he reveled when the Yankees couldn't win because Cashman said that he couldn't help us. So I mean, does he have a last laugh if if Cashman has to turn to him? Maybe he does. But. Great deodorant is success. Let's go to Vinny in Florida. Vinny. Hey, guys. Hey, Vin. What's up, Vin? Um, I just wanted to say and listen to you guys just as much as I can down here in Florida. I love you guys. New Thanks. Yorker moved down here like 19 years ago, and I love you guys. Just wanted Thank to you. start off with that. And uh, I, I think what the Yankees need to do, and correct me if I'm wrong, trade Mr. Torres to the Marlins down here for one of those three stud pitches because next year when he's up for contract they're going to have to give him a boatload and they're going to need every penny for Soto and we aren't going to win with pitching so I think that's something they should definitely uh, think about and I want your thoughts on that Um, I think the Yankees have to make a very very informed decision right away is Glaber Torres in your future. Now, if he's in your future, 
you're probably going to have to lock away 28 to $30 million a year to sign him. Do you think you're going to do that? And if you don't think you're going to do that, then you have two choices. Ride with him this year where he's probably going to put together a great year because he's going to be a free agent. Or get rid of him and get something for him rather than draft compensation. So if they decide they're not going to sign him and they're going to try to sign Soto, can you do both? Yeah, you could do both, but it's not probably financially responsible. Then you probably could get something from the Marlins for Glaber Torres. But the Yankees have also rebuilt their offense. And Don, if you replace Torres with Oswald Peraza, are you really taking a step back? That will hurt you. I'm glad I don't have to make these decisions. That's a tough one. Now, what's the money situation with all those pitchers in Florida? They're, they, they all make nothing. Yeah, so those are not the guys that... I would that love I, to get Lazardo. Yeah, love to get him. But that's what the Marlins are going to try to hold on to. They're not that far away, and why would they be giving up guys that they don't have to pay yet? Now, I don't know when they become free agents. That's usually when you can get them, but if they're bargains, Michael, wouldn't the Marlins want to hold on to them? Yeah, but the Marlins probably also want to make the, want to make the playoffs, and they need offense. And you know, yeah. They've got a lot of pitching. So they have to choose which pitcher they want to give up. Yeah. But, I mean, that's the way the Yankees could turn because you look at tradable assets, Glaber Torres is, is going to command something good because, you know what, he's a good player. But is he a good enough player for you to keep him long-term at the end of this year? That's the question the Yankees have to ask. Mm. All right, time for Peter. And, Peter, when somebody – what was that great movie with um, Vince Vaughn? Uh, swingers? No, no. When the, the great line, interesting, uh, interesting strategy, Cotton. Let's see how it works out. Oh, dodgeball. Talk yeah. The security dodgeball. Yeah. There you go. Hey, guys. Peter Rosenberg for Security Dodge, Suffolk County's number one volume Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram dealer. Right now, you can get, how about this, 0%. That's right, 0% up to 60 months on all new 23 Jeep compasses, plus up to 25% off MSRP on all new 23 Jeep Gladiators, all during the Start Something New sales event. You got to get in there and see Michelle Scalise or shop 24-7 at securitydodge.com. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Well, that's awesome. Looking for more access to the show? That's right, man. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TMKS ESPN. You know, there's a lot that's been said about the Dolphins in the Chiefs game. Sure. That's going to be on Peacock. And I guess you can sign up for Peacock, which is for five ninety nine. There's two tiers, so five ninety nine or, or ten something, and you could watch the game and cancel it. Well, or any, but you know what? You know, the the beauty is, you'd still have it in a couple of weeks, and you can enjoy the wonderful Royal Rumble that last Saturday in January. How about well, that? There, there you go. So, a lot of the criticism from a lot of people in our business, while well, the NFL. It's all a money grab. You know, it's like it's never enough. Any of the people that say that, right? Mm-hmm. Have they ever turned down money on their contracts? Or do they go for the last mm-hmm. dollar or two? No, I mean, I don't know if I like that that comp Why? exactly. Why? Because I, I think it's terrible that people have to pay for it. I get it. But to criticize the NFL, which, by the way, is not a nonprofit. It, it's, it's a business. They got $110 million, right? From Peacock for this one game. That's $3 million a team. Is that anything to sneeze at? No, but, and I don't want to get like into somehow into some like deep political conversation. Right. But by the same logic you're using, then it goes back to what I was saying last week. 
oh, I understand why General Mills has just randomly upped their prices to $8 a box. Because they can get more money. Why not just keep sucking more from people? They need cereal, right? Like, At what point do you draw the line of going, yeah, it's one thing to turn down money if your employer offers it to you. It's another thing to keep demanding that your patrons who've supported your league just keep hemorrhaging money, even though none of them are making more money. Now, in the case of Peacock, I don't think it's that big a deal to ask people to pay five bucks for one playoff game. Okay, but in general, that logic, especially from the NFL, who charges a ton for absolutely everything. Right. Uh, I yeah. mean, unless Michael, they print money, they get ratings that and no other sport or even program can ever dream of. And oh, by the way, they just laid off two hundred employees today. The NFL, yeah. So what? Uh, it, it's a bad job. It's a bad look to it's, do it. It is. It is a bad look. I'm not going to argue about that. But it's a business now. The way it stops, you keep pushing people, and people finally say enough. But I don't think that enough is in the vocabulary of fans when it comes to football. Understood, but you know, uh, but it's not right to tick them off. And the other thing that just the, the arrogance of just making it seem like I should be excited about it. Oh, history will be made. Well, the that's, first that's, ever playoff game. That's Tonka on, truck. I mean, no, that, that's exactly what it is. But it's still insulting. And like I said, you. Every every sport dreams of getting these types of ratings. It's incredible. Television shows can't even sniff these ratings. And you know what? They're not going to get great ratings at Peacock. And they might get 9 million people watching. It's going to cost them. And, 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 and listen. But they're, they're saying 3, 3 million team, it's worth it. Right, but it's but you Probably do four, tick off fans, and 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 I and listen. Will those fans go away? No, they won't, and that's why they'll continue to do it. But you you but you still. This is the one thing I would say to, to Roger Goodell. The one thing that you always have to be aware of is the is is the the continuing growth of your sport and making sure that the next generation is interested in your sport. And I guess that's why they'll say, "Well, that's why we go to the app because this is the future." But there could be a dad out there that would watch that game that is now not going to watch that game because they're not a Chief fan and, and they're not going to watch the you know they're, they're not as interested in the game, so they won't watch that day. You know, and there could be a fan that's lost, or there could be somebody that, that that's really ticked off and say, "All right, I'm done." And it it maybe it's not a majority of people, it's not a lot of people, but you you tick off a few, and they know a few, or their kids end up not being as into football as they would have been. I, you just don't want to be in the business of ticking any fan off but and never have, take it th- for granted that it's always going to be there. But Don. They did the unconscionable thing of seat licenses, which essentially was pay us money so you could pay us money. And that didn't tick but, people b- because off. It got Mike, rid of but, a lot but, of the waiting list, but, uh, but you right. know what? The place is still jammed. Right, and yeah, but, but it's also not anywhere near where their revenue stream is. I mean, it's not they could be empty every single Sunday and still print money because the overwhelming majority of their money comes from television. And the overwhelming majority of people that consume it on television. I know diehard football fans that have never been to an NFL game. But and God, have no interest the, in ever going to the, an NFL game. The TV contracts that they're under now run out for 10 years. They don't have to worry about anything. I just don't think you should ever be in the business of taking people off. And the money that they're going to make is a drop in the bucket to money that they'd make. You're telling me that there wouldn't be an over-the-air offer that would be comparable to that? No, there wasn't. Because there's three games on NBC in the playoffs. But NBC wants to have people check out Peacock, download the I just, app, I just, do the whole thing to go uh, through it. Now, that that will probably, I, I don't know what it would get. 
Because what's the average on on um, Amazon? Amazon maybe, maybe nine, ten million. No, thirteen, fourteen. Okay, I'm, this will be about 14. nine. All right. Yeah. You know, now listen, it may be about the same, just because it's a playoff game as opposed to just a, a regular season game. It's still probably about seven or eight million more uh, less right. than it would get over the air. Right. So why would you ever be in the business of of, of losing seven million viewers on something? Because I, they've calculated it's worth almost $4 million a team. We'll lose the viewers that one game. Because I'll never begrudge with baseball or any of the other do. They hemorrhage money during COVID. They don't make nearly as much money as the NFL does. But it's just amazing the money that they make. And I, I just it, I can understand a fan being ticked off. I don't know if I'll watch. I mean, I, if well, I, I happen Peacock, to be home. So I'll watch. Oh, no, I, I, I don't. You don't even know if you do, do you? My app. My. Um, my television right now is like my finances. It's all it's all into what Nancy wants or has. I have no idea. I, don't, I have no idea if I have Peacock. But even if I did, I don't know if I'm home. You know, it's the really tough thing. I'll probably thing. listen to it on the radio. That's where I end up watching, listening to most of my games because I'm running around doing something. But that might be a game I end up taking a knee on just because I don't want to be bothered. The tough thing is NBC Universal has all of Saturday. Right. And they said Browns, Texans. You know what that sounds like? Free TV. Kansas City, Miami. Go ahead and fork over the six bucks. Now, I give and you credit. know what else? I, mean, I think Don might have mentioned this earlier in the week. You think all the Swifties are going to pay? See, maybe get a look at Taylor? Maybe. It's a smart move by them. That's what a, what a hard-pressed hard fan you have to no. be to watch a game, to pay for a game, to see no. your favorite artist sitting and watching no, the game. I'll give the NFL credit. That, that will be over the air in Miami and Kansas City. Right. Well, but, I think legally they have to do that. But at the same time, because the Chiefs have been so good the last decade, and I'm telling you, it's a very underrated fan base, Miami. There's Dolphin fans all over. Everywhere. The all right. They Gordon Damer, who works here, is a Dolphin fan. I know a lot of Dolphin fans. Those people are going to have to watch it on Peacock. And so it's going to tick a lot of people off. I just don't think any business should ever be in a position where they're going to tick people off. And be careful of the addiction. I know it sounds ridiculous, and we went through a pandemic and a work stoppage and all that stuff, Michael, but you know, you, you, you go back 75 years ago, baseball was untouchable. It was our nation's pastime. It was bigger than any other sport. It wasn't close. And now, now it's competing with the NBA for number two. And in some markets, losing. So nothing's forever. In the 5 o'clock hour, I'm going to rank for you guys the... Uh, NFL playoff games in order of sexiness. Would you like to know? I, no, uh, I can't wait. So it's a, a, a sexy meter. It's a sex meter. And we have a sexy game. guest, too, with Dan Orlovsky. That's right. Well, I'm going to warm you up, though, for Dan by breaking it down for you. All six games, sexiest to least sexy. From from Michael K. naked eating pizza on the chest to prime Suzanne Summers, one through six. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. When I'm getting ready for a game, I have to be prepared. I have my lineup cards, the latest team stats, and of course my mug of Bigelow tea. For me, Janet Bigelow was very Earl direct. Grey with a smooth taste that keeps my voice in peak condition, even when the game goes into extra innings. I refuse to settle. Neither should you. No matter how hectic your day gets, grab your favorite Bigelow tea. Take a moment just for you. So grab a mug of your favorite Bigelow tea and join the millions of fans that make Bigelow number one in New York. Bigelow tea, the official hot tea of the New York Yankees. 
Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hear more of Michael, Don, and Peter live weekday afternoon starting at 3 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker. Hey Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN.